You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. Oh, it's 35, All-American. And Dancing Dan. Dancing Dan with the dance moves. Yeah, man, Dan got me in a good mood today. We put 63 points up on people, man. You got to cut a rug if you get 63, that's a fact. That's right, man, that's what I did. I don't know, the, the timeline was wilding out a little bit this morning. You cut you cut the concrete. You just cut the rug, you cut the concrete, boy. You was giving it up, Dan. That's yeah, right. Man. I was having a good time. The Gators were up big, big win. Had a great day uh, celebrating the opening of the Kush House with you. Uh, and I was just feeling myself, you know, pause. But I was feeling <laughs> dance moves. I was excited to be there. And it, I had a great time. So um, for all you people that enjoyed my video on the timeline, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you, Ahmad, for letting the world know uh, about my dancing moves. So yeah, Dan, I, I think you got like about about four hundred likes almost. So yeah. Oh, very good. I didn't see. I saw it was ticking up like seventy like, or eighty, but I don't think everybody liked that. I think they like laughing at you. <laughs> why? 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 You, why are you uh, shitting on Dan Parade right now? Man? Yeah. But check yeah, this out, though. So we had SeaWorld, and we I didn't know this video existed. So we had SeaWorld <laughs> just chilling. Same. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So me, my wife, Ahmad, and his wife, we were all walking just talking about the uh, the Kushaw's grand opening that we had that uh, where Dan was cutting the rug. I was talking about everything that was going on that night. And then my wife brought up, she's like, I got this video of Dan dancing. In my mind, I'm just like, all right, Dan was dancing all night, whatever. She whips out the phone, shows me the video, man. We, we was cackling at SeaWorld for a good little minute. Yeah, we, we I think we even stopped walking for a second. Just yeah, like, we had to <laughs> like get the plan on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, my start playing. My like, send me that video. I'm tweeting the first day in the morning with my mood. That's and my I, that's my victory Monday mood, man. And a mod didn't even tell me it was coming. All of a sudden, I'm at work. Oh. I walk out of a meeting. I look at my phone. I was like, "Why is my phone blowing up?" And then I see it not only on Twitter. I see it on Instagram. <laughs> mod just put me on blast all over. But if you can't laugh at yourself, then you're not doing life right. So what was that dance move called? Yeah, hey, we got. I don't know. I like have, to think, have to think of something. That look like the Trump YMCA, man. I don't know. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know my thoughts on Trump Black. Come on. Come on. All right, it's not no political, fellas. That's not yeah, political. Yeah, no, 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 no. We ain't going to take it there, Dan. But, you, you know. already did, Ahmad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. I was hey, talking about the move, man. That's it. Let's All get right. into the show a bit. A lot of people, if you didn't see the video, go to Ahmad's Instagram, go to Ahmad's Twitter. It's it's me dancing, have a great old time. And before we get uh, to the show, man, we had to, we had a Kush House grand opening in the studio for the uh, the big three roll up. It was a dope time, man. We had an amazing time. Um, I hit Dan up in the middle of the day, in the morning, or he hit me up, asked me anything I need as far as drink wise. What are we drinking? I said I told him champagne, Bel Air. Couldn't find any in Orlando. Dan pulled up with some rose, uh, Moet, and some rose Bel Air, man. Uh, yeah. The rest is history. We had a ball. I enjoyed you guys coming. Thanks for the love. Big Stadium Miguel love in there. And then we got to see the Gators put 60 up. It was, oh. it was an incredible it was an incredible time. A bunch of people. How many people do you estimate probably came out? About 80, give or take, maybe more? 
way more than we wanted. Um, yeah. We was aiming for like 50, 60. <laughs> then um, 80 showed up. So the guest list didn't really work out. We didn't want to turn certain people away. The count got a little out of hand, but it wasn't too crowded. We used the outside and the inside. Yeah. Wasn't anything packed. Um, we yeah. kept it clean uh, as far as walking through the building. We kept the numbers at, at a certain amount. So it was dope and fun, man. I'm excited to do more things with you guys in that building. We're going to do some more uh, – what we call it, Patreon. We're gonna do some, some Patreon content yep. in there, some exclusive stuff. Yeah, so we, we've talked about some national signing day stuff there, early signing day, maybe regular signing day. I think that one's in St. Pete. The Heisman um, watch. The, the Heisman watch. We're gonna get into that a bit. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff that we've talked about too. We do facts only there, uh, the recruiting podcast. There's gonna be a lot of opportunity for us to uh, to use that building. Uh, so give a shout out to, to you, Silk. I know that this was your vision, uh, you and Josh Newberg. Um, <laughs> folks of the big three roll up which do power this podcast so we're very very happy to be affiliate with them and help them out uh but it is an awesome space and i'm excited to see where you all take in the next uh you know coming months and couple years it's it's a really cool place to be so shout yeah. out to you yeah for sure we're definitely gonna have some uh got the barbershop in there so if y'all you know in the area and need your, your nice little cut cut up in there we, we, we got you we got you i love it i love it give you the danimal cut that's right. That's right. We're definitely come visit that barbershop. We're, gonna, we're, we're in the um, process of hiring three more barbers tomorrow. So we're going to be fully staffed and ready to go, man. Holler at us. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right, boys, let's get into the show. Uh, as always, this show is sponsored by our friends over at the Thomas Firm. Uh, so if you have any questions about um, insurance claim uh, due to property damage to your home or business, give them a call at 813-221-2525 or visit them at tntattorneys.com. Uh, any issues with roof damage, leaks, storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, and fires, Give them a call again, 813-221-2525. All right, guys, uh, 63 to 35 win uh, over the Arkansas Razorbacks in a game that after uh, Arkansas scored on the first drive, really just started to get out of hand uh, after their first drive and they tied it at seven, really got out of hand uh, pretty quickly with 28 points in the second quarter. Uh, let's let's talk. What would you like about the game? I love uh, the way Dan Mullins is adjusting to way, the way teams are attacking us. Um, I was just trying to watch like the X's and O's, and, and, and Arkansas was going to play Ben, but don't break with a with a three two six defense and dime. And, and Dan Mullins came out running the ball and doing some things just to get them out of that defense. When they didn't get out of it, he just kept doing what he did, and then did some things on the back end. Did the quarterback counter? We all complain about Kyle Kyle Trash running that dive with those counter plays, but he did. That first touchdown to Grimes was a was a play action counter off of that. He faked with the with the cow and then threw it out to Grimes, set up and lineman were, were able to get down the field. So I like the way Dan is adjusting to the way teams are playing us, man. He's just a brilliant play caller, bro. Even some of those plays we look at him like, why the hell did he call that? Um they make sense a little bit later. Yeah, I def I definitely like what uh what, what Dan's calling out there. Um he's keeping us uh um you know run run pass equally. Um, we, we, we've been running the ball and that's what I like. I know I talked a little bit of crap about Malik Davis early in the season when he turned over the ball, but he's actually coming on with him and, um, with Wright and Pierce. You know, we got like a three headed monster thing going on back there, uh, putting guys in. I don't know if they're doing it by series or how they're doing it, but, um, it's actually working. So, uh, the offensive line is playing great. Um, we, we, we chunking the ball down the field. Everybody's touching the football. We just got to catch it. When the ball's thrown to you, catch it. Absolutely. And, 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 and it will be okay. We also got to block on the outside a little bit better, but you know, most importantly, a lot better. Yeah, we got I, I, there, there, there are some runs when we get into that trips bunch of mine, 
and we we ran. It was early in the first quarter, and we ran to that side. We could have broke one if Tony holds his block. If those receivers hold their block a little longer, uh, Naquan Wright probably takes one to the crib. Like we're so close to breaking a real big run, we just need wide receivers to, to block a little bit better. Not just on the runs, on the screens as well. If they block a little bit better, we're gonna break one of those little. Even uh, even even, bro. Even if we don't run it outside, even if we gash them, you know how hard it is for a safety to run downhill and tackle the running back who's who's breaking in the open field. So mm-hmm. so what's gonna happen is he gonna if he miss him. He probably gonna hit his leg or something and slow him down, but guess what happened if we don't block on the outside? Dude won't come make the tackle. Right. So, so even if we gas him, we still got to block on the outside because you never know if it could pop. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Only way, only way they take him to the crib is, is if the wide receivers are blocking. That's why that's it's it. a very important thing in Dan Mullen offense. And I'm not saying we're blocking bad, but we could block better definitely at a position. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you said, Ahmad, it was a balanced game. Florida had 16 uh, first downs rushing the ball, 23. Um, Passing the ball uh, with 18 with Kyle Trask and five with Emory Jones. I love the way that they 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 bounced off. I think all of the guys except for Malik Davis averaged more than five yards a carry. So that's Emory, uh, Damian Pierce, and Naquan Wright averaged more than five yards a carry. I thought that they ran the ball really well. And I think, like you said, I think it was you, Silk, that just said. I mean, we're we're uh, just a couple plays away from you know the big run. And I know that these guys all want it or Jones and Fort, but you know I give them I give them credit. They're running hard every play. Uh, one of the things that I want to give a shout out to is at the beginning of the year, we even talked about it with Kyle Trask is, you know, what was his downhill downfield ability of passing the ball? Uh, we, we weren't sure, you know, last year we didn't see a ton of downfield. Uh, we didn't see him, you know, put the ball in the air very much, but I mean, this year, uh, we have seen a complete change in maturation, uh, of Kyle Trask who's just pulling up the numbers where we were. I think, it's more so, I think remember that, remember that little thing that we put out a couple weeks ago when, at the, when we had those buys and Dan Mullen came out saying they were going to make more of an effort going down the field. Yeah. Yep. yep. I think we've well, seen that. I think Dan didn't lie to the people. Bro, listen, listen to this. For a guy that had um, a lot of question marks about his ability to throw down the field against Arkansas, 15 of 18, 301 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions. You know what that equals? A perfect QB rating, 158.3. So Kyle Trask is – meticulously putting the ball where he needs to. He's putting the ball in only a great spot. Um, the receivers are running well. Kyle Trask is playing well. Uh, the offensive line played really well. Um, this offense can score against any team in college football, and I'm willing to bet that this team can put up 35 points plus on any college football defense. This I mean, just, just watching him throw the ball around Saturday, uh, it's, it's, it's clear. Anybody's talking but, about orange at this point is just talking crazy. It was clear that he just wasn't comfortable throwing deep. Yeah. I don't think it was a lack of arm script. I think he's right sure. now, his second year as a starter, I think he's just real comfortable going down the field. I think Dan challenged him on that two-week bye that we had when he put mm-hmm. that out to the press. And I think I came with the shits and ready to, to answer the bell, and he, and he yeah. did, man. Also, one of the reasons why we probably throwing the ball deep down the field is because our offensive line is holding up a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You guys ever thought about that? Because shit, I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to sit back there and, and you got to take a five step drop sometimes or, or or more steps in your drop. Mm-hmm. If you're not comfortable back there, you're not going to be comfortable throwing the ball down the field. I, mean, I, didn't, think, I didn't think pass pro was bad last year, though. I just thought he just wasn't comfortable going down the field. He took kind of what the pass, defense gave him last year. Pass pro wasn't like how it is now. I don't think the, um, the offensive line affected his down the field throwing. It was what I was saying. Because I thought. He was pretty clean last year. Run game, they you know, couldn't block that well, but I think I, I thought they kept him pretty clean. 
last year. I, I spoke on it the other day um, when we got SeaWorld. Um, just his comfortability as far as acknowledging the blitz, where it's coming from, looking at the defense. B- before the play starts, hey, calling out the, where, the, where, the, where the mic at, where the blitz coming from, where you going to shift your line. Um, one of the plays that struck me, and it, it probably would, you know, would never be seen again because we didn't score on it, is when they ran a cat blitz. Cat blitz is, is they call it uh, for corner blitz, the seat. Right, mm-hmm. so we had a corner blitz, and he called it out, and we knew it, and we adjusted to it. You want to know why? Because it's so hard for the safety to run down and guard that number one receiver when the corner blitz, right? Because it's so much separation, right? So what we did was double move that safety, right? So when that safety see that comeback, he gonna automatically beeline to it. Well, guess what? We ran back up the field. I was thinking he over overthrow Henderson up the sideline, and it was gonna be touchdown. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Henderson, I thought they. Similar, a similar thing happened on that flea flicker. Um, uh, real quick, I'm sorry, Dan. A similar thing happened on that that flea flicker as well. So to, to Baby Hendo, um, yeah, you, it's pretty. You can't see it in the, in the screen, but the DB reacted to because they playing time. They're so far back. They playing bend but not break. So when he had that ball, not Naquan, it wasn't even a double move. He just had to react to the run game. Right. And then when the pitch back, he's out of place. So if it wasn't for the drop and all of that in that, in that flea flick, that would have been six easy, like walk into the end zone. We got we got to sell it a little bit more too. Uh, I, I think Hendo, he's doing a great job with it, but if he could sell it a little bit more, because what's happening, bro, is that corner is also kind of kind of keeping his eyes in the backfield too. So if he got to try to keep his eyes in the backfield and worry about you kind of blocking him a little bit, so you got to set a block a little bit more and then take off on him. Because once you sell that block, he gonna settle down too. But if you if I see if I see the ball being ran. And you running a slant route or a double running fast off the ball? What? What? what the uh, hell? I mean, if he if, if he's playing in a dime, because they played a lot of cover three last night, a lot, a lot of cover three, a lot of cover four yep. Saturday yep. night, yep. off the ball. So in his zone, he's kind of standing standing in the backfield. I would come out of just a slow stride, and if he react, like you said, sell it like you can. Yeah, try to sell kind it, of sell it, yeah, kind of like like, like right. a days go a little bit and take off on him. We got receivers right. that gonna run by you. But shout out to Baby Hendo. He got his first touchdown. It was, yeah. it was good to see him. It was good to see all the weapons. Zipperer got busy. Um, Justin Shorter, that throw from Trash to Justin Shorter was a thing of beauty, bro. Um, very few passes you're going to see in college football that's better than that one. That, that was elite stuff. Oh, absolutely. I was running around the cush. I was doing a lot of crazy things when he made that throw. I mean, shout out to Trayvon Grimes. He played. He had a good game. He had two touchdowns himself. Uh, he had one play hey, where man. he was completely wide open. I mean, you could have drove a Mack truck into the end zone there. Scheming uh, Daniel. Speaking of scheming Daniel, feel free to buy a scheming Daniel T-shirt. StadiumMiguel.com. <laughs> uh, no, but, but what's incredible is you look, I mean, how efficient Florida's offense was without effectively their best weapon and Kyle Pitts being out for this game in, in the game against Vanderbilt. Um, you know, but the team just collectively just plays so well together. And Ahmad, going back to what you said, and I don't want to interrupt you guys talking about uh, defensive scheming there, but offensive line play, Stone Forsyth played really well. Richard mm-hmm. Garage played really well. And I thought Brett Hagee had a really good game as well. But in their ability to pass block, the three of them just played unbelievably against Arkansas. Um, you know, there's still some question marks, you know, every once in a while in, in run blocking and everything else. But you can't expect them to be perfect. But, guys, I think they're playing a lot better than we even thought they would play this year, huh? Right. Right, definitely. Also, shout out to Lakeland, Polk County. Zipper with two touchdowns. Pitts, Pitts was out the game. Him and, and Gamble stepped in and, and, and took on that role, man. So shout out to uh, 
The zip, you, two touchdowns. He's not going to get any credit because he's not going to show up on the stat sheet at all. But I thought Kamori Gamble blacked his, or blocked his butt off last game. Yeah, um, man, he, he gives he, such great effort all the time. When I was rewatching the game, because you know there was a couple pieces here and there that I didn't remember from the Kush House that <laughs> I was watching the game, and you could watch him, and he just was he's really starting to, to develop into a complete tight end. We saw him last game where he was wide open on a couple plays, had a couple good catches, had the long touchdown run against Georgia, but came into this game and really, I mean, just got his, you know, hands dirty and, and, and did what he had to do. And that's what I seem to love about this team is that there's a lot of unselfish play by a lot of these guys and, and they're they're taking the role that the, that's given to them for that game. Dan, they're doing really well. Dan, what do you what do you think about on the rewatch, I didn't see it that night, but on the rewatch, what did you think about Emery coming in and just throw that random bubble screen? I didn't like it. I I, I I still to this day don't understand the way that Emery Jones is being used. Um, I didn't like the bubble screen. I thought that the play was a mess from the beginning, and I don't know if that was a coverage thing that he missed. I, I'd have to rewatch it. To, Do to you think, it. Man, nah, I'm telling I think, you, I, I you think, think I talked about it. With, I, yeah, I talked about it with Silk the other day. Is number one. I don't know why we did that, but also Kadarius got to stop drifting on his on his bubble screens because well, he's, yeah, he's, he's drifting right in, it, well out, so he's going towards the sideline. Okay, stop, yeah, stop drifting out because you're running right into the, the the guy getting blocked. Well, supposed to be getting blocked out there because he didn't get well, blocked at all. And, and I would imagine it's like a demoralizing feeling for him. He goes out, throws a you know a pass that what goes for minus one yard, and then he gets pulled. You know, I know he's able to come back in and, and redeem himself a bit, and he got a rushing touchdown and everything else. But still, I, I don't love the play call, and I also don't know why. Right? I don't know why that's a play that he has to run. Right? I'm not I against think, him. I think, he was, I think um, Dan Muller is probably he's seen some of him. I think everything he does is just not just random. I think he has a plan. So I think he thought Emory coming in. A defense would try to key on him, and they could probably slip something out to Tony and bust it because uh, they was trying to shade Tony the whole game. So I guess he was trying to probably ask him the distraction, but it just didn't work. On uh, try to get Tony some touches, right? And I mean, and everything's not going to work every time, right? I mean, right. you could be the best quarterback. I mean, you could be Peyton Manning. You could have been Danny Werfel '96. Like, not everything's going to work every single time, you know. But just looking at his passing chart for the for the year, um, Emory Jones. I mean, they they don't love putting him in a position to be super successful. Um, and I don't know if that's a him thing or not, uh, but it's still, I didn't understand that play call. Um, I'd have to watch it again to give a better analysis. But um, I yeah, think I about, like like you said, he, he drifted right into that guy. I mean, he, he couldn't move no matter who he was. But also we got to go back to what we we're talking about. We got a lot better on the outside. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll go hand in hand again. So uh, we make, make the block on the outside. Maybe he drifts and catches it and still can make a move, but. Who knows? Uh, let's see. We what, didn't say what, anything about the defense. Yeah, no. Let's let's talk a little bit about the bad then. Um, well, I mean, is there any good that you guys want to talk about on on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, sure. Why not? Shout out to Zach Carter. He got he hit pay yep. dirt. Got him a yep. scoop and score. Uh, I think the defense pass rush. What we're leading the SEC with sacks right now, if I'm not mistaken. I'll I'll double check, but you can keep talking. I'll give you an update. Double check that Spence or Cam. One of y'all check on that. But I think we're we're pretty pretty up there in stats. I mean, uh, with sacks in the SEC, so I think the defense played solid. Uh, mm-hmm. I think football's changing, bro. You're not gonna stop offenses and just shut like elite defenses mm-hmm. are dying. Yeah. I think you should need stops. Um, yeah, I, we gave up too many explosive plays that I did not like, but in, in both the run game and the pass game, we need to tighten that up and make teams earn it with a drive. 
But um, yeah, you just need stops, man. You're not gonna just shut down. So I, I, you, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's what you, you just hit it on the head. We gotta mm -hmm. minimize the big plays, right? So minimizing the big plays can help with the stops, right? Big right. plays is i.e. twenty yard, twenty passes, twenty yard, yards down the field or plus twenty yards. We can't have like, guys throwing twenty yards passes down the field. Right. Like, what is that? Like like so, say let them earn it because I, I don't think too many teams gonna just grind us down the field. I mean, right? Unless 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 we don't get better linebacker play, they will. But we get better linebacker play and play like how we how we know we can, and they can't grind the ball down the field. Yeah. I, I want to shout out a couple of things in the defense. One, like you said, Zach Carter, SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Also got to give a shout out to Kyle Trask, who was the SEC Offensive Co-Offensive Player of the Week. Um, himself. Um, he was also pro football focuses. Um I think either offensive player of the week or quarterback of the week as well. Um, but but Ahmad, you, you hit on something that I think is really, really important. It's not – just about um, you know just that one big play. It's the ability to get them off the field. So obviously we bemoaned Todd Grantham and third down defense against Texas A and M, where they went twelve of five. Since then, teams have completed eight third downs on 2837. So they're eight of 37 in their last three games. And I mean, you can say that Missouri, Georgia, and Arkansas maybe don't have the most elite offenses in college football, but I mean, the ability to go from 12 of 15 in one game, nine of 14 in the first game of the season, they're getting them off the field. And I think that that's a huge drastic improvement. Now we can talk a little bit about, you know, the, what happened on those two, you know, long Felipe passes, you know, where he connected for 129 yards and two touchdowns on that. But like you said, really, you know, focus on getting the ball um, and causing some turnovers. And Silk, I looked it up. Uh, Florida is uh, leading uh, the SEC uh, in sacks and tied for Georgia for uh, for first in number of uh, sack yards. Silky facts. Silky facts. I love. It. <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, to, to if you look at the beginning of the season, you know, Florida only had three turnovers in their first three game, and since then they've gotten six. So. Um, they're turning the ball over. They're forcing the other team off the field. And, you know, like we talked about, Florida's going to score points. Uh, it's just a matter of how many. Absolutely. Um, from the defense, Marco made some good stops in, in the secondary. He made a good tackle on the tight end. They get us off the field right. on third down. And we needed that. That, that was a crucial time in the game, too. A absolutely, man. So, we'll give him his flowers. He made a play. Sure. Um, Trying to think, man. My man Ventura Miller made a, a big down, a big play on the third down as well. Oh, not as actually as a fourth down. I think they were going for it on fourth at midfield. He took the ball on the slant. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought that. I thought that was a big play. Um, the pass rush was there all night. Um, I, we just got to limit the big runs. I thought the defense played solid. Um, we got to limit on the that, big on plays. on that big run though. What happened? A lot. Of, I know a lot of people were saying the safety play and whatnot. The safety came downhill. He saw the run. What mm -hmm. has to happen is a linebacker has to squeeze that ball back to him. What happened was Diabate was getting blocked, right, and the ball squirted out to the right. Safety was coming down left. Diabate has to be on the outside of that ball to squeeze it back to Sean Davis. Does that make sense? Yeah. But he didn't. So now we got people on the left side of the ball because yeah. he was getting blocked. I think Diabate needed to get in the weight room. That's what was happening. He, he, what was, when we talked about the tight end, that what they were doing is they were inserting the tight end and running right behind him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he just looks he looks really lean for um for a linebacker or a pass for Shane. And I would like to see Diabate bulk up a little bit more. Shout out to Mari Bernie, man. Uh he hasn't been a casualty or or, or liability. Uh he also got him a sack on Sunday, man. So, I yep. mean on Saturday. So he's he's playing better football. So shout out to Mari Bernie as well. 
I think yeah, he's not he's not playing as much, um, yeah. but I, I think he he's making some some bigger impacts. Um, I want to shout out Rashad Torrance. I thought that he did great in rush defense um, in that game at four tackles, two assisted tackles. I mean, he's he's going to be a good ball hawking, um, and I know that that's the the wrong way to use the phrase ball hawking because we're talking about rush defense. But I think he's going to be a guy that's always around the play, always making big plays. Uh, so shout out to him. Um, I think Kyrie Campbell. Um, again, not a guy that's going to show up on the stat sheet a lot, but there's just a huge difference when he's in there compared to when he's not. I mean, that team just gels better. Zachary Carter's able to get off a little bit more. The rest of the team just plays better when he's out there. Absolutely. That's the facts of life right there, Dan. That's what I'm here for. Um, any other thing um, on defense or anything on, on offense that you want to see improved? <clears throat> I mean, no, nah, man. We, the rest of our schedule should be a breeze. Uh, I think we we're gonna look good and <laughs> like a better defense just just because the way our schedule is playing out. But um, yeah, it's a lot we can work on. But I think our next real test is in Atlanta, and we'll be there. Look for us in Buckhead. More details look, soon. Look for me in Buckhead. Mm. Woo! Not Bankhead, but Buckhead. <laughs> We go to the trap museum on Saturday morning. No, not true. All right, very good. Um, <laughs> the next section of our show uh, is brought to you by our friends over at Roof Soldier. And I've only got one uh, this week. It's a dandy fact, but brought to you by our friends uh, over at Roof Soldier. We love the folks over there. Um, if you were affected by that hurricane, Ada, that came through and just did a really weird drunken path, it was probably came from the Kush house. Um, up and down and, and you suffered some damage, give them a call. Um, we're getting out of hurricane season here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, what seemingly never is going to end, but, but have them take a look at your roof. Um, it's better to do it now than it is when your roof gets blown off or you have a leak, uh, you know, during the, during the, the spring and summer. So give them a call one eight seven seven roofs FL or visit them at roofsoldier.com. They're giving you a discount. They're going to probably give you more than the $200 discount. We were just talking about that before the show started. Um, but give them a call. I think they're going to give you a lot of money off um, a new roof or replacement uh, for your roof or, or any repair. They do work all over the state of Florida. Uh, they're really good people. If you're a veteran, they give you an even bigger discount. So give them a call. They are a veteran-owned company. So again, one eight seven seven roofs fl um, and roofsoldier.com. So dandy facts. Normally I have a bunch, but you know, all they are is going to be gaudy numbers. And so um, I figure floor is going to probably put up some more gaudy numbers against Vanderbilt. So I'll have some more, uh, but I, I know for a fact, Florida right now has more passing yards than they did in the 2017, 2014, 2012 and 2011 season, uh, which is wild. But the big dandy fact of this week and I think it was Urban Meyer that talked about it. Uh, Ahmad, you might have to correct me. But he talked about the, the most important 10 minutes of the game or the last five minutes of the second quarter and the first five minutes of the third quarter. I didn't pull the numbers on the third quarter because they, they weren't as godly. Florida is outscoring opponents 69-3 to three in the last five minutes of the second quarter, which is absolutely incredible. You know, Florida put up 28 points in the second quarter. Um, but, I mean, if you want to talk about stats first that – the setup. I mean, it, it's he, it's absolutely wild. I think first quarter he's filling them out. He's setting things up. I don't think I don't think none of that's an accident, man. I think I think second quarter is his quarter. Um, of course that 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 first drive is always important to every team. Scheming that first drive, getting that drive down the field. But I I think 
Oscar in the second in the second quarter is no coincidence. I think he set up a lot of things. He spent a lot of chess. It's, it's you got you got to understand too. I mean, a lot of people, you know, run the ball a little bit too, man. Trying to just see what they can see and whatnot. That's gonna run the clock out in that first drive. Both teams get the ball one time, one or two times in the first first quarter. Anyway, I mean, you know what I'm saying. So you know, by the time we get on the second the second quarter, we done seen what they're gonna get in. We done ran, we done ran through our scripted plays already. Now it's time to play ball. Yeah. Um, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, that Trent Whittemore. Um, announced today uh, that he has suffered uh, a few uh, either bruised ribs or cracked ribs uh, and I believe a collapsed lung. So prayers up to him um, and hope that he gets better. You know, we knew that there was something going on. The players were tweeting a little bit about it, um, but shout out to him. um, And hopefully you get better, my boy. Absolutely, man. Sorry to hear that. So outside of that, I think we covered the national awards. We covered the big win. You know, Florida's five and one uh, going into a game against zero and six Vanderbilt. Uh, we're going to get Andy Staples on the show. He's a Heisman voter. Uh, he covers uh, college football for the Athletic. Former walk-on for the University of Florida. I believe it's his second time on the show. So we're excited to bring Andy Staples back on. And his segment is brought to you by our friends uh, over at Lee Friedland and the law firm of Friedland and Associates who truly cares about the people. He's going to handle your auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give him a call. It's 1-800-95-INJURED or visit his website at yourfighthourbattle.com. Graduated from UF undergrad and law school. Would love to help you in any issues regarding accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, and the like. 1-800-95-INJURED and yourfighthourbattle.com. Let's get Andy Stables from The Athletic on. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the second time on Stadium and Gale from The Athletic is our friend Andy Staples. Second time on the show. Andy, how are you? Good. We're keeping track. That's that's good. You I got to start are. doing that on my show. You should. You should. We're, Do you have like a tote board or is there is it on the wall? Like I think it's an Excel spreadsheet I have. I haven't kept up with it recently, to be honest with you. But um, if I'm going off memory here, I'm going off memory. I, 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 I struggle remembering how many years I'm married, so I don't know how Dan figured out this stuff. <laughs> the only reason I remember is because it was his like first official thing. Maybe not his first, but like that oh was, like, yeah, his first day with it the athletic. Early. Um, so man, we're we're excited to have you back, Andy. Wanted to talk to me. We love having you on the show. Specifically, want to talk to you about Kyle Trask um, and about his Heisman campaign for this season. So uh, as a voter, as an outside perspective, as somebody that's connected to the program, what are your thoughts on Kyle Trask and what do you think is his chances of taking on the Heisman Trophy issue? Well, I think he's the front runner now. Uh, and obviously things can change. It's, it's weird because we've kind of seen it where the front runner has sort of established himself – in early November the past few years. But the, the thing is, this is not a normal year. Like it is mid-November now, but what is it really in terms of the season? Because it's going two weeks, three weeks longer than it usually does. So I, I don't know, you know, if, if he's kind of peaking at the right time. I, I don't know that it matters because I think you look, you look at the way he's played against Georgia and then played against Arkansas. So against Georgia, he looks amazing. That's a good defense. I realize they were banged up, but that that was a, a great performance. Pitts gets hurt, 
the offense looks different without Pitts, but they're also just trying to win the game. You know, you can tell they're trying to get out of there and win the game. They come back against Arkansas, no Pitts, and it didn't seem to affect him at all. And Arkansas is a good defense. I mean, so Ole Miss has a great offense, great passing game. Arkansas intercepted them six times. And Trask was lights out against that defense. So it's, it's amazing because it looks even more comfortable in the offense than he did at the beginning of the season. Right. It, it feels like – he, I, it really feels like once they added more throws to the backs into the offense, he became more confident. And I think because he knows that wheel routes there so much of the time, or that little flat pass is there so much of the time that if you can't go downfield, that's okay. You're going to gain some yards. And I just, it's amazing what a guy who knows what he's doing in the offense and makes crisp confident decisions with the ball can do. And that's something that Florida has not had in a long time at that position. Right. And we put this on Twitter and I want to get back to Heisman talk and everything else here in a second, but obviously you played with the team, you've been around, you've grown up, you know, around them. Kyle Trask as a passer and a passer only, where do you put him on the hierarchy of Florida Gator quarterbacks? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm trying to think of where it feels a little like Rex, you know, in terms of, of just pure arm talent, you know, Danny was a, a different animal entirely. He just had such great touch on the ball and kind of like a, a telepathic connection with the receivers. But Danny wasn't going to wow you with his arm strength. Tebow had a strong arm, but as as we learned during the pre-draft process, there was quite a windup yeah. to, to get to that point. So uh, Trask is, is up there in terms of arm strength, quickness of release, mm-hmm. and but the decision-making – quickness, crispness that I was talking about before, that's very similar to Rex. Now, Rex was probably a little more uh, – reckless is probably not the right word, but Rex could Rex could freelance a little bit and it was going to be okay. Uh, Kyle does what he does very much within the confines of the offense. And yeah. I think that's, that's the thing that's interesting to me is they're looking a lot more like what these Alabama offenses have looked like the last few years where, you know, Tua worked within the confines of the offense. He'd do some, some crazy stuff every once in a while uh, if he got, if he got flushed from the pocket, but for the most part, he's working within the structure of the offense. Mac Jones is working within the structure of the offense. And I, I I think if there was a trip to New York that was going to happen, if they weren't doing it virtually, you know, Kyle Trask and Mac Jones would be sitting next to each other on the, on the dais. Yeah. So I want to ask you, so, you know, you look at the sports betting websites and everything else and and Kyle Trask is is right now number one on a few of them. What do you think he needs to do between now and the end of the year? Or do you think it really matters about whoever wins that SEC championship game is going to probably win uh, the Heisman Trophy um, right now? I just say keep going. Keep doing what he's doing. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he may win it anyway, even if they don't win the the SEC title game. Here's here's the deal. you got to be – on a good team to win the Heisman. This is not 1956 or whatever your Paul Horning won it. You're, like you're not winning on a losing team. But if you're on a pretty good team, if your team is competing for a playoff berth late in the season or they're, they're competing for the conference championship, you have a chance to win the Heisman Trophy as long as you play quarterback or running back. And so I think that's hey boy. He's, he's met the minimum requirements. He's, he's above the cut line. And if he keeps putting up numbers like this, I mean, these are crazy numbers. These are numbers like Joe Burrow was putting up last year. The difference is Joe Burrow had a regular schedule. 
Now, he did play Texas early, but they also had non-conference games, the three three other non-conference games are a little bit easier where you can pad your stats. Kyle Trask has not had that. He hadn't even played Vandy yet. He gets to do that on Saturday. So, I mean, this has all been done against SEC competition. Now, look, the Ole Miss defense, let's be honest, not the greatest defense in the world. But he also did it against Georgia. He's done it against South Carolina, which at the time was playing good defense. They sort of fell off a cliff uh, afterward. But you know, he, he's doing it against halfway decent defenses and just putting up absurd numbers. So I, I think he's absolutely in the hunt. And the thing is, I hate to say it because this I don't want to cheapen it because I think if, if, if everybody else were still playing normally, he'd still be sitting there as the front runner right now. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence having to miss a couple games, Justin Fields not really getting to play a full season. You know, it, it's it's going to hurt those guys because like I think Justin Fields is a fantastic quarterback. He's going to put up great numbers in every game he, game he plays. And he the, the games we've seen him play, he's been amazing. You know, he, he's really kind of grown in that offense in the offseason, you can tell. And I think part of Justin Fields' story of this season is the Big Ten may not be playing if not for what Justin Fields did in terms of rallying everybody to play. I think that's part of his story for this season. I think that it is part of his value for this season. But if he's only going to play seven games, and at this point that, you know, he, he play eight with the, with the Big Ten championship, I mean, I don't know. I Trask's body of work is going to look a lot better. I tried to tell and, everybody two weeks ago, Andy, it was going down, man. Cal for, for Heisman. They trying to, they trying to, the media's not hyping it like it should be. This is a Gator quarterback putting up crazy. You don't have to hype it, though. No, nah, but it, they should. It speaks it's, for look, itself. No, they don't have to because, I mean, the numbers are going to do what it do. I don't care if they hype it or not, but I think it's it's very obvious that the media wanted Trevor or Phil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's I, it. I'm the media. I don't really care who wins. I'm talking to you too, Andy. It doesn't matter who wins. <laughs> so I, I just – and the thing is – I just need your vote. So I'm trying to sell it. I'm trying to sell it to you, Andy. And you don't need to sell it to me. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Oh, we got um, Andy. It's almost never who you think going into the season, you know, Baker Mayfield was, it was a definite Heisman candidate going into right. the season when he won it, but nobody was thinking about Kyler Murray as right. the Heisman winner when he won it. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, the year he won it, nobody was thinking about him. Right. I mean, it really Baker and Marcus Mariota are kind of the last two that went into the season where you thought, all right, these are, definite front runners to win the Heisman. So it's it's usually somebody who who you didn't think of. Although remember, let's let's remember Kyle Trask was the leading returning passer in the SEC this year. So right. it wasn't like he was anonymous. No, but he didn't plan him to the left. One he, I think his odds were plus 10,000 going into the year um, yeah. to win the Heisman trophy. So I mean, he, he did I mean didn't come out of nowhere for people that follow Florida sports, but you know, certainly was never probably in the realm of possibility for Heisman Trophy. He's also got that story that people love. Like, you know, if you're if you're looking from a pure story perspective, who who is more likely to get your vote? The five star who people were telling you was going to be the number one pick in the 2021 draft since he was a junior in high school, which would be Trevor, or the guy who didn't even start for his high school. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the most amazing thing. Hey, Andy, we, we know he didn't start for high school. You want to know why? Because ESPN only tell us every single goddamn game. Every single time. Well, I was I was kind of hoping him and Derek would wind up there together. You know, uh, and Derek's having a good year. He's not going to wind up in a Heisman finalist. 
Real quick, uh, I think the rest of our schedule kind of lays up. I think we all we're pretty much predicted to win the rest of these games. We got to play the games, but you're, you're going to make Tennessee go into an existential crisis in that game. Florida is going to make Tennessee fans question everything in that game if Tennessee doesn't get a lot better in the next three weeks. Well, no, everybody's getting embarrassed. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of, of calling a, a, a two-score uh, prediction in Atlanta, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling a little – I'm feeling good. I like that matchup. In a styles-make-fights kind of deal, Florida and Alabama is the best matchup you can get because both of them have very good offenses. I think Florida's defense has gotten better since it's gotten healthy and, you know, non-guys out for COVID. And, you know, basically – uh, you get Kyrie Campbell back. You get a lot of those guys back in the secondary. The full Florida defense playing together is a pretty decent defense. Now, it'll give up points on Alabama, but right. I think Florida can score on Alabama. I, I, I like that matchup, and it's going to be one of those where everybody's going to be saying, oh, SEC people said only the Big 12 plays these games, and the Big 12 right. can't play defense, but y'all can't play defense either. Okay. Well, as a viewer, I'm okay with that. I will I will answer Nick Nick Saban's question from 2012. Yes, Nick Saban, that is what I want football to be because I enjoy watching it that way. I'll I'll never forget that game of the century that was hyped up, that LSU Alabama game that ended up <laughs> nine to six. That was boring games I've ever watched in my life. So uh, I was on I was on video that week predicting that LSU would win that game zero to negative three. <laughs> and I feel like I was right. I feel like you were the closest yeah. you could possibly be. Literally. Got a question. I know you you kind of touched on it a, a little bit. Do you think because of everything that happened with COVID and no spring, no real summer, kind of weird hodgepodge roster schedules, everything else, do you think the SEC is going to revert back to some stronger defenses, or do you think that there's a pivot happening in the SEC? You know, with your Lane Kiffins, your Mike Leach, whatever, but your Dan Mullins and some of these other more offensive minded coaches that are maybe a little bit more focused on that side of the ball. I don't think it's a permanent pivot. I mean, this this happened in 2012, too, when, when Hugh Freeze and Kevin Sumlin came into the league the same year. So it's not that they're going to suddenly not be able to defend anymore. I think it's a little bit cyclical. I mean, this is the year – think about it, you know, Derek Brown's out of the league. Think of all the, the talent in the, in the secondary from all the different SEC teams that left. Think of the talent on LSU's defense that left. So these things go in waves. There will be a year, probably like a year or two from now, probably two years from now, where there'll be like six great edge rushers and four stud D tackles. And, and we're like, why can't anybody play offense anymore? And, it's, and, and no experienced quarterbacks. So that's the thing. It, it just sort of goes in waves. I mean, if there were a Derrick Brown in the league right now, that team would be able to play really good defense. There's there's no Derrick Brown, Quinnen Williams, Deron Payne kind of guy right now. What do you think about uh, Emory Jones and his uh, development? You know, I, I'm interested to see what he looks like when when he gets some time. And you know, if they're going to really torch some of these teams, like this this game coming up, it's time to to give right. him some some good stand up. Here's the problem: you're trying to win Cal Tras the Heisman, mm -hmm. so you got to walk a fine line here. But I want to see Emory Jones running the full offense because very rarely do you have a situation where you have what what I would call the traditional quarterback progression. You're, uh, listen, I, I think I'd say like the Bow the Bowden years at Florida State. You know, in the in the early '90s, like Charlie Ward would never sit for three years now, but right. that's how Florida State did it. You came in, you redshirted, you sat two years, and then you played as a redshirt junior. You started as a redshirt junior. Well, 
Kyle Trask got the starting job as a redshirt junior, not in the way anybody predicted. Emory Jones set to get the starting job as a redshirt junior. I think it's an advantage if you can have that. I mean, it's it's so hard to do that because guys are are ready to transfer at the drop of a hat now. And and look, you know, if Anthony Richardson winds up being better than Emory Jones, then you start Anthony Richardson. It's a it's a competitive sport. But the fact that he's been able to play some and play a role and not leave and be groomed to be the starting quarterback behind a guy like Kyle Trask, who is very good at the job and seems to to be a very good teammate and willing to kind of help him along. I mean, I, I think that's really good for Florida in right. the next few years because how many – think about it in the SEC. How many programs have that? Alabama had it with Mac Jones, which was a case of, of Mac Jones believing that he could be the starter in Alabama even when nobody else did. But you just don't see that all that often anymore. Yeah, I agree. Andy, I want to want to break down. Um, you know, I know we we touched a little bit on it, but let's let's look ahead a little bit. Florida plays uh, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, and then a, a de- kind of a decimated LSU team. They they get to Atlanta. Uh, what does Florida have to do to beat Alabama? Get some stops, force some mistakes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all it is, and you know, that's a game that could turn on a muff punt or uh, a ball. You know, a receiver has passed go off his hands and it gets intercepted. I, I really think those the teams are are closer together than than people realize. I, you know, Alabama's really good. The thing Alabama probably does a little bit better than Florida is Alabama, if it needs to, can can ram the ball straight down your throat mm-hmm. in the run game. And and Florida doesn't really have that, but both of them are so good at spreading you out and hitting so many different receivers and hitting guys out of the backfield that I don't know that there's that, that that matters that much. It's just if Alabama could take a lead, they seem a little more capable of eating clock than, mm-hmm. than Florida would. But I, I still feel like that could be a game where last team with the ball wins. Yeah. It could be very similar to, to Florida and AM. Okay. Interesting. Um, so, Kamada, I don't know if you have any questions about Florida. I want to move on and talk quickly about uh, former Florida Gator coach uh, Will Moschamp, who got let go uh, on Sunday. Uh, who do you think potentially replaces him at South Carolina? Well, Billy Napier is the one that, that you're going to hear a lot at, at Louisiana Lafayette, and he's done a fantastic job there. Uh, you look at the way he's kind of built that program, and it does seem like he'd be a good fit there. He's recruited in the SEC before. You know, he's a receivers coach at Alabama. He was at Clemson before that, which is, I mean, it's not an SEC school, but you have to recruit like an SEC school. So he's got he's got those chops. I don't think it's going to be Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still the deal where if Hugh Freeze wants to work in the SEC, you got to get the kind of blessing of Greg Sankey. I'm not sure that's – I'm not sure enough water has flowed under the bridge quite yeah. yet. I, I think Hugh Freeze could get a job in the ACC or the Big 12 pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that any of those jobs are going to open. So mm-hmm. – um, there's going to be a big push for Shane Beamer, who's the special teams coach, tight ends coach at, at Oklahoma, and he's, he's Frank Beamer's son. He was the recruiting coordinator at South Carolina for Steve Spurrier and helped get a lot of those really good players who were, were there for the you know, 3-11 win seasons, beating Clemson five times in a row. And, and then you know since then, he's gone on to work. You know, he worked for his dad at Virginia Tech. Uh, he worked for Kirby at Georgia. He's worked with, with Lincoln Riley. So he's got a good pedigree and, and has been there. So I think you're going to see a lot of push for him from, from some corners. And then you know, I, I think, and nobody 
nobody goes with this. And then I think this is this may be a case of of this this person wouldn't want the job. But I think you throw the bank at Tony Elliott at Clemson. This hmm. is a guy who grew up in South Carolina, uh, who was a you know a Clemson walk-on, who has been there for m- most of their rise, who called the plays for two national title teams, and he's going to be a good head coach someday. And he's been very selective. He's had opportunities to leave, but he hasn't taken them. He could do that job very, very well, but I'm hmm. not sure if that's the job he wants. Yeah. So Will Muschamp, uh, that leads us to him, 49 years old, um, has collected, gosh, I don't even know what, $30 million in buyouts. Um, you know, w- w- what what happens next for him? Um, He's a seven-figure defensive coordinator because there's yeah. no offset language in his buyout. Again, Jimmy Sexton. He knows man, what he's doing. <laughs> he is good at his job because just like at Florida, there was no offset language. So the next job, the salary does not come out of the buyout. In most cases, right. if you take a job for a million dollars a year, then the, the school that fired you can pay a million less a year in, in the in the payouts. Nope. <laughs> they owe him what they owe him. And then somebody's going to pay him 1.5 to be their defensive coordinator. It could be LSU, uh, Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, he's worked with everybody at this point right. in the SEC. He, and- I did a thing when I was still at SI where I, I tried to figure out who the most SEC person in the world was. And I did it based on how many different schools you played at, coached at, all that. And Will Muschamp was the winner by a lot. So he's worked with every single one of these people. You're talking about uh, LSU maybe hiring. What do you feel about Grantham's defense this year? I I think it's gotten better once it's gotten whole. I I think when they were were shorthanded, they were not very good. I mean, uh, now, look, we've seen Ole Miss do much worse to some really good teams. I mean, look at what Ole Miss did to Alabama. So that one I'm not going to be that critical about, but – I do think they give up some points. I think I think some past Florida defenses, when you put them with this offense, it would have been a, a better whole team. But this is what they got. And the thing is, if you look at the Georgia game, which was really the first game that they had everybody, mm-hmm. they're better. They're not perfect, but they're better. Right. So we'll we'll see. I, I think they gotta they gotta get after the quarterback a little more. That I think I feel like that they've not really been that great at getting into the backfield and they lead the SEC in sacks, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just, I, I, I got to throw out the stats. That's all. I, I know. I, 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 I know. With you. I think they got but a little it, better in the last few weeks with um, pass, rushing the pass and, and it'll well, get better it, because of competition. But that's the thing. More. They've got, they've got a more complete secondary. They've been playing more guys on the D line. Right. Somebody sent me a spreadsheet early in the year that showed how many snaps all the Georgia guys had played versus the Florida guys. And, and at, at the time, because this was when Campbell hadn't played yet, uh, there had been some guys out for COVID. And it was just – there were the, the part with the Georgia guys was like this long and the part with the Florida lineman like D, on the D-line was like this long. <laughs> I was like and, – and at first I was like, well, wait, do they not adjust because Florida's a three-man front? So let's – Let's move the kind of buck linebacker onto the line and see how that – nope, still a bunch more Georgia guys. It's just they were deeper. And now you've seen Florida play a few more guys, and I, I really think it's a much better defense. And, you know, if they get to the point where they're disrupting, they're forcing turnovers, they can beat anybody. I mean, and, and I don't mean anybody in the on the schedule. I mean anybody, whether it's Alabama, you know, if they make the playoff, Ohio State – because that offense is so good. 
you're going to score points on everybody. I mean, it's interesting because you look at all the, the, the front runners to make the playoff. Ohio State's not perfect on defense. They were better on defense last year. Uh, Clemson was, was way better on defense two years ago. It was probably better defensively last year. Notre Dame, they give up points. You know, I, I think Notre Dame actually might be the, the best overall on both lines of scrimmage that we've seen so far this season. But all of them are vulnerable. I mean, you saw Alabama give up 49 points to Ole Miss. Like, everybody's vulnerable this year. And so the team that makes the playoff, the team that wins in the playoff, is going to have to be a team that can win in a shootout. And I think Florida's built for that. Right. Uh, Andy, let's let's pontificate a little bit. Let's look forward. Um, who are your four teams today in the playoff? So, the winner of the SEC championship game, Clemson. You got to pick a you got to pick a school, Andy. Okay, I'm going to take Alabama today. Okay, a few more weeks, I might say Florida, but I'm going to take okay. Alabama right now. Uh, but the, so, whoever wins the SEC championship game, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. So let me – I wanted to ask you about Clemson and Notre Dame because I've seen a couple people put them in the playoff. Do you think if they lose to Clemson in the ACC championship, they still make it? I think it depends on the, the rest of the situation. Okay. You know, and, and the A&M thing's weird because I keep going back and forth on what – like what's better for A&M if they go 9-1? and one? Mm-hmm. Is it better if Florida wins the SEC championship and you've beaten Florida? Or does that mean that Alabama then – because Alabama whooped them. Yeah. 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 I I still think Alabama winning the SEC championship is better for A&M because the committee might say, oh, Florida just lost to Alabama. They have two losses now. Mm -hmm. A&M beat them, you know, and and it makes it easier to to do that. But but I do think if Alabama wins the SEC championship and A&M is sitting there at 9-1 and they've been playing like they have the last few weeks, it is going to be a very serious conversation about putting them in. Because they've been dominant since since that Florida game, which was well, obviously mm-hmm. very close, they've just crushed people. Which that's something A and M teams. I mean, I don't remember a time I've ever seen A and M beating teams they were supposed to beat like that. They've never been that consistent. Right, right. And I think Jimbo's doing a great job out there. Well, Andy, thanks again so much for what you're doing um, and covering um, college football on the Athletic. I tell everybody where they can follow you and, and read all your stuff. So you can find me on Twitter at Andy underscore Staples. Obviously, subscribe to the Athletic. Uh, we got a deal going right now where it's a buck a month for your. I'm sorry, a buck a week for your first six months. And uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's the Andy Staples Show. Wherever you get podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. Awesome. Uh, and I, I got to go look at SEC sack totals now because <laughs> so I don't think anything you know, the quarterback this year. They're really – I, I got to look that up. They're leading the, the SEC. Yeah, yeah, they have 19. I, I just don't think anybody's really getting that. It's all right, it's all right yeah. Andy. Smoke usually uh, trips people up. It's not usually on, on facts and figures, but here we are. I'm getting better at this a little bit, Andy. <laughs> God, you're the king. You all have opened the uh, the palace now, right? I, I, I follow yeah. it on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you got to come check us out, man. Yeah, we opened the studio, the palace. I like the name that you call it. I like the palace. Um, I might start calling it myself. Well, Thanks, I got that. So your your sister podcast, Double Fries and Slaw, they sent me the T-shirt because that right. is that uh, Double Fries, no slaw. That, that's my order at uh, at any chicken finger place. So It's got to be. It's got to yeah, be. TJ, TJ got to pay me royalties because I came up with that name. Of course you did. Listen, <laughs> so everybody knows – 
Everybody knows you are the brains of this entire operation. All right, all right, all right. We can get him off the show. Get him off the show. Andy, I'll get you some Stadium and Gale stuff. I'll hit you up in a link uh, on Twitter, man. But thanks again. Can, can, can uh, you so change much. it to Stadium and North South just for me? You know what? I wish we could. Um, you know, homage to the past. Uh, back to my time at UF too. Actually, they changed it right when I got there. But you know, but <laughs> man, Andy, you're you're the man. We appreciate you for coming on, um, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Hi, Andy. Hold it down. Always enjoy Andy coming on the show. Andy's a great friend of the show. Uh, So give him a follow on Twitter and read his stuff on The Athletic. It's really good, and I promise you'll enjoy it. Uh, For next segment of the show, we're going to get into our Vanderbilt breakdown. As always, this section of our show is sponsored by our friend Carlton Black with Envoy Mortgage. Licensed in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. So if you're looking for any sort of home loan, conventional loan, FHA loan, VA loan, fixed late loan, uh, adjustable rate mortgage, jumbo loan, or whatever you may need. Give him a call. Again, states are Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. We appreciate those of you that have reached out. We've already passed a number of leads his way. So thank you so much for reaching out to him. Give him a call at 404-769-5501, or you can email him at cblack at envoymortgage.com. All right, boys, Florida. Uh, five and one going against an 0 and six Vanderbilt team that just doesn't look very good. Florida beat them 56 to nothing last year over under Florida beats them by more than seven touchdowns this year, eight touchdowns. Uh, I'll, I'll say about around about the same score. I mean, they don't be able to stop us. We just got to, again, minimize big plays. Don't let them stick in the game and, and have any hope and, and, and throw you know, some lucky pass on the field and let them score a touchdown. I just want to, you know, Put our foot on their throat and, and, and you know destroy them all day. Oh yeah, I mean they're bad. I mean they're, they're just they're a really bad team. team. Yeah. Um, the most points that they've scored was last week against Kentucky, or their last yeah last week against Kentucky they scored thirty five, but they started off the season twelve seven seven twenty one seventeen. Um, so I don't know if we have to worry so much about uh, about big plays. Um, they've let up seventeen forty one forty one fifty four twenty four and thirty eight um, on the season. Um, but uh, so your thoughts? Uh, I just want to see the backups. I want to see the young boys. I need Cal to go ahead and put up seventy by halftime or something crazy, so I can see my young pups run around, run around a little bit. But I want to see the youth. I want to see um, uh, some Emory, uh, some Anthony Richardson, uh, more Baby Hendo. Let him get some reps. All the reps he can. He can play all game. A lot more zip. I just want to see the young guys get a blowout. Let these these recruits see that we're gonna blow teams out, and and they'll get some playing time as, as young bucks, man. That, all this helps in recruiting, man. So let's get out there and take care of business. Blow this team out, and, and let the young boys get some reps. Yeah, uh, just a couple guys. Uh, their leading rusher on the year is a uh, key on Henry Brooks. Uh, has three hundred and seventy five yards, averaging about four point four yards per. Uh, per touch, a um, couple touchdowns on the year. Uh, he's probably their best running back. They play a couple. Um, they divvy up um, responsibility in that regard pretty evenly outside after him uh, with Marlo, Wakefield, and Griffin. Uh, but I, I really don't see how Vanderbilt scores. They they look a bit demoralized. You know, Kentucky isn't the same Kentucky that they've been over the last few years. So even scoring 35 against them last week, I don't I don't think that you can read into it much. Like like you said, Silk, this is what I want to see. I want to see Florida get out early. I want to see them put points on the uh, points on the board 
pretty early so that they've got a nice comfortable lead. And then I want to see them start to rotate in some of these young guys so that they're getting, you know, first team snaps against, you know, their first team defense. Um, I, I would really love to see Henderson get uh, some more opportunity. I'd love to see Zipper get uh, some more opportunity. Uh, hell, maybe we'll get Rick Wells in there before the, uh, the start of the second half too. Wouldn't mind any of that. Also the offensive line, let those young boys get in the defensive line. Just, I just want to see reps. That's it. Then we all on the same page there. <laughs> Remainder of the season, I think we're probably at the midway point. So, remainder of the season, what, what would you like to see? Oh, we want to talk about that on the Gator panel. No, we can we can talk we can talk a little bit about it here. I mean, again, there's not much to talk about with Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt's just a bad football team. They're going to probably go defeated um, all season. They're they're just not very good. Their quarterback Ken Seals uh, has 1,291 yards passing, uh, 65 percent uh, completion rate, eight touchdown passes, eight interceptions. I'd love to see you know Marco Wilson get an interception. I think that that'd be good for his confidence. I'd love to see Kyrie Elam, or I'd love to see some of the younger guys. Uh, get some uh, get some burn. I also want to see uh, a bit more of uh, your linebackers, your Derek Wingo's. You know, Tyron Hopper played I think 11, 12 snaps. So I'd love to see a little bit more of him. Um, you know, going uh, into this game against Vanderbilt. But I, I don't know if there's much to talk about. We didn't get a Vanderbilt rider for a reason. Yeah, that's Vandy. Yeah, pretty much sounds up. Could you imagine getting invited over to a show to talk about 0-16 as a writer? Like, bro, you calling me for? It's Randy. What tweet, Animal? Uh, you're one about Vanderbilt Hate Week. Yeah, like how they're upstanding people. Yeah, they're very fine people. I, yeah. you know, <laughs> on both sides. Hey, listen, very, very fine people. You know, I got my hands. I got my hands. You know, moving in. In the direction, like certain people, when they say that about very fine people, but uh, you know, they, they're nice people, man. We may need them later down the line, so I can't talk bad about them, Dan. I may need a job. Lawyers one day. and doctors are good people. I hope we score enough points that Derek Mason wants to fight again. That's what I hope happens. But <laughs> <No. laughs> what's, what's so crazy about that video is, bro, I think didn't one of their players get cracked back to something, get blindside blocked, so he was hurt. So yeah. the whole time they like arguing, they do it on the ground, hurt. Like, get your ass from over here, bro. You're like, dude. Hurt and you over here trying to fight people, bro. Imagine so beat him, beat him bad enough where Derek Mason's a great like assistant off the field assistant helping us break down film. That's the type of beating I need. So, so let's so you brought up the question, you know, Florida has Vanderbilt in Nashville, a game that I should be at this weekend. We, um, we, yeah, we I, want, I want to hit the rooftop me because I had tickets to a country music concert that evening. Anyway, got canceled. Anyway. Yeah, I wasn't going to the concert, but I want to hit the rooftop. Oh, I would have dragged yeah, you at the concert. Man. Oh, man, you would have loved it. I would have went. I, would, I probably would have went. I probably would have went. I'm down for, for, for uh, a free concert. You definitely was paying. Oh, well, yeah. we had I had second row tickets and all. Oh, boy, I mean, with the back you know who the most uh, disappointed is? Look, Dan, the stuttering when you say you got to, he got to pay. He, he got to pay, bro. I'm not, I'm not gonna buy the tickets. I already, I already bought the tickets, man. Come on. <laughs> this, this bread loaf is deep, Ahmad. Um, I talk that player talk, Daniel. So, um, I want to give a shout out to our boy Tennessee Mike. I know that he's disappointed that we can't make it. Florida plays Vanderbilt in Nashville in two years. Hopefully, COVID's gone by then. So, Mike, we'll see you then. But, um, but Florida's got Vanderbilt this week. Kentucky. Tennessee, LSU, um, you guys, do you see any trip-ups in the schedule or, or anything that you, you are concerned about? No, life is good. Yeah. 
Life is beautiful. I mean, Kyrie Campbell had his stuff together. And he's not. He didn't miss a game. We'd be undefeated right now. But I don't want to keep harping on that. But life is good, man. Let's keep doing what we got to do. Get to Atlanta and, and take care of business. I think we're gonna beat uh, Bama. So, assuming that we go four and zero in the next, you go nine and one. Um, you know, obviously, great spot, exactly where you want to be. But, but what do you want to see Florida improve on? I mean, you have now an opportunity where you're through the probably the toughest meat of your schedule. What do you want to see Florida get better at? Defense, just get yeah. just fine tune the defense. I, I want, I want to, I want to uh, get better at our, our linebacker play. We got to start to run a little bit better. I know we've been we've been stout these last three games, but. You know, it'd be sometimes where I just feel like they get too many yards. So um, I know when I played in Tampa, uh, one of our goals was try to keep them on a, uh, averaging three point two yards a carry. So we we can we can keep them under that, keep them around about two yards, and we good. Uh, what else do you want to see? Anything else? Are you guys pretty happy? Uh, safety play. I mean, it's the same yeah. old stuff on defense. We can keep harping on it, but oh, no, I don't want to harp on anything, right? No, no, no. I'm just talking. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying you you harping on it. But I'm just saying it's gonna feel like I'm harping on it if I if I get on the safeties again. You know how that go, man. My DMs will be full of uh, players' parents if I if I get on the safeties too hard. So I don't want to I want to go ham on the uh, the safeties. But I think we just need to play overall better defense. We need to get stops. Um, my man Kyrie got beat as well on on the deep pass. So we just gotta play sound ball and keep the lid on things. Make people like me and Amon said earlier, just make teams earn it, and we'll be fine. I, I just want to see them continue to strive to get better, I think is the most important. I mean, I think that they realize through their they're through the toughest part of the schedule. You know, Vanderbilt, you know, they're gonna beat them on athleticism alone. Obviously, they can scheme better and coach better and everything else. Um, probably same with Kentucky, same with LSU, and same with Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee's garbage. But what I want to see is I want to make sure that they don't get complacent. You have four weeks to be able to get ready and prepare uh for uh for that Alabama game. Right. And, you know, Alabama is going to you know, be a well-coached, very disciplined team. So I'd love to see them, you know, just continue to get sound, not get too cute, not to try anything too crazy, but just to really continue to get better. But, I mean, boys, I'm excited about about what we got planned for Atlanta, too. So Big plans in Atlanta. Yeah. But before we get into the Brunt Insurance ad read, I do want to uh, announce that we are going to have another Gator panel. Uh, it's going to record on Wednesday. We haven't decided if it's going to drop on Thursday or Friday yet, uh, but it's going to be with uh, myself and Silk, Dave Waters of Gator Breakdown, Stadium and Gale, and University of Florida alum Cornelius Ingram, uh, and then with James and Allen, who host the Gator Nation podcast. So we think that it's a, a wide breadth of people. We're adding some new names and some new faces in there. So we're super excited. So, again, look out for the Gator panel uh, a little bit later this week. And shout out to Alan Horn. I missed the last panel, and I, and I wasn't going to miss this panel, man. I'm done with this building process. I'm back in the fold of getting it high live, Dan. So I'm ready to get my takes off and hang out with Canadians and the boys. Very good, very good. Well, let's get a Brunt ad insurance read, and let's talk a little bit about the national football scene. Shout out to my man Greg at Brunt Insurance to Finance and Services, man. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg, my man, ah, three, two, one. Shout out to my man Greg at Brunt Insurance and Finance and Services, man. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg will take care of, care of it. If it's auto, home, renter's insurance, life insurance, Greg is the best of the best when it comes to customer service. 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. Greg, what it do? 
All right, so national college football scene, uh, I would be remiss if we didn't mention that LSU is under investigation. They are appointing a special counsel uh, over issues of sexual abuse amongst uh, their athletic program uh, with some students on campus. Uh, facts are still coming out. Some of this stuff is still reported, so we didn't want to dive too much into it, uh, but we, we would be remiss if we didn't say um, that it's currently Spooky. happening at, at LSU. Yeah, sad Still very, very spooky out there. I wouldn't wish that on another team, uh, a worse team on my schedule. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Koto. Very, very sad, very disappointing to others. Do you think they take the national title? Uh, you know, it, that's interesting. Um, somebody tweeted that almost in jest earlier today, and then the more I thought about it, you have a lot of issues surrounding that national title beyond just this. You have the issue of the booster uh, taking money from a, a – a children's cancer hospital uh, and routing that through uh, to recruits. Uh, you have a lot of issues that, that stem around that. Um, I, I'm cautious until more details come out. Um, but I do think that that is certainly something that they could do. Uh, but I also know the NCAA and their ability to, to choose right and wrong and often end up on the wrong side of that too. Do you think Coach O goes uh, unscathed or do you think he's fired? What do you think? Again, I, with details pending, if this is anything that he knew about, you have to let him go. In this culture, in this environment, I right. mean, just with everything that happened, not just culture and environment involved, but just, you know, if you knew about anything, um, if you were complicit in any of that, you've got to go. You've absolutely got to go. Um, I think that there's going to be some big issues that happen, uh, whether there are sanctions or or not. I think that there's – this is just, in my opinion, the beginning of a, a very, very deep issue that LSU finds itself in. And I didn't see the media have the same energy uh, over Dan um, Dan Mullen wearing a Darth Vader mask as they, they do about this. Right. Uh, I don't. I think he'll get. I think he ends up getting fired just because they're gonna need a, a breath of fresh air after all, all this goes down. So he may it's be there. Uh, as far as the, I say, like midway through the sanctions, they may get an interim coach or something like that. Man, who knows? But I don't think Coach O makes it. I think he gets fired. Interesting, interesting. Uh, so we'll we'll again be on the the lookout for that. The college football scene is, is starting to. Um, unravel a little bit with, with COVID issues. Miami announced today that they had to move their schedule around uh, over the next three weeks. You have a 12 games, or I, I believe, I'm sorry, got up to 15 games last week, get canceled. Um, you have a number of, of games this week already canceled. Um, how do you think the end of the season uh, plays out? It's going to be weird, Dan. Uh, we, were, we were just talking about that the other day, how many times they didn't push back the SEC championship. Uh, I don't think it's, it's too many – more pushbacks. I mean, uh, I mean, this thing gonna be going past past January a lot, and almost pushing to February. You know, we we keep pushing games back, man, and you know, yeah. I'm just gonna interfere with other sports. So, um, I'm not sure how. I know one one time they were saying they didn't like they didn't like uh, football running into the the spring semester because of like classes and whatnot. It was just weird. So I don't know, man. You know, maybe they're gonna start playing games during the week if they have to cancel. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, let's play um, unbiased member of the college football selection committee. All right, so Florida plays their slate of nine, pardon me, of 10 games, the SEC championship. Alabama the same. Uh, maybe they only play nine because they've had to move back some schedules. Clemson, um, you know, they play 10. Uh, Notre Dame plays 10. Georgia maybe – or uh, Ohio State maybe plays 7 or 8. Wisconsin kind of the same. And then all of a sudden you have this hodgepodge of, of people. Do you think that college uh, football playoff um, 
voters would take like a nine and one team over maybe like a, a seven and oh, you know, big 10 team, or do you think, or, or what are your thoughts there? I, I can just tell you right now, the media has an infatuation with Ohio state. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Ohio state, if Ohio state run the table, they're going to be in there. I, it, seven games, eight games, nine games, Ohio state. My, my, my hope for Ohio state, they just canceled the season or something. Yeah. I don't like I don't like the seven games. I don't think that's fair. I think the Big Ten ten is weak as hell this year, and for them to get seven games and get into the playoffs is just not the same route as everybody else, man. So I'm hoping they, they like now. Nah, I'm not wishing COVID on nobody, but I wouldn't mind for the Big Ten to get their shit shut down. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if there's some contract tracing or contact tracing issues and they had to, to set out a few. I, I'm I, I know it's going to be a debate, and I, and I wish I would have asked Andy that question, but I know that it's going to be a debate because you're going to have teams that don't play their full slate, whether it's ten games or eight games, that are going to be undefeated. And you know, there's some people that have said, "Oh, this is the year that they should do an eighteen playoff," and I don't see logistically how that's possible. But then, no. what do you do if you have some undefeated teams, and then you have a team like Florida who you know, let's you just start say, an eighteen playoffs and they all get sick or something. Like you can't. It's too much man, going on. It's stupid, yeah. Just trying to get. We trying to. We trying to figure out the games we got. <laughs> start yeah. adding more games. We can barely yeah. get the ones we have. Right. Uh, any anything else? Uh, we talked about it with Andy right now. Kyle Trask is number one in voting uh, for the Heisen Trophy with Mac Jones right behind him, followed by Justin Fields and followed by Trevor Lawrence. Um, I mean, if you guys, you know, you know, we're betting people. Do you put your money on Kyle Trask right now? I told y'all two weeks ago to do it, man. When the odds was, you know, a little worse. I got Kyle Trask winning it, and I said on on, on uh, same energy Sunday a few weeks ago. Same thing Andy was saying. The storyline set up on um, two star recruit, and, and this kid's doing amazing things, man. These are the stories that sells a Heisman. I don't know why the media not getting on it, but. The storyline sells itself, and, and and I could tell Dan Mullen wants him to win it as well. So he's competitive. They're going to put up the numbers. Our offense is humming. And then I think Bama's going to be his stage. He's going to come in that game hungry. And I, like, I'm glad he got that as a as a, as a a motivational point. Mm-hmm. Just, you know what I'm saying? Him going into the Bama game, he's already got that look in his eye, bro. I think it's going down. So we'll see what's up. I mean, I think of the big games in his career, right? The LSU game last year, even though they ended up losing, uh, you know, the Georgia game this year. I mean, he just seems to be dialed in for the, those big games. So I'm excited right. to, to see uh, to see him there. Um, Ahmad, I want to get your thoughts. Not sure if you're going to have any, but I'm uh, going to throw it your way first. Um, it's no um, – there's no – I guess there's, there's no um, – what word am I thinking of? I don't know. Hold on. Hey, Cam, pause it right there. What am I thinking of? Um, <laughs> you asking us like we know. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. What do you think I'm thinking right now? Like, yeah. Uh, there's no doubt. There's I think, no I think you think yeah, about all right, fine. No, no doubt's fine. I'll, I'll rework nah, it. I told you my boy, my boy was dropping it low in a little bit. All right. Dan <laughs> was depressed that he forgot vocabulary. All you had to do is play the drop it, drop it low, girl. Drop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that knees would have been hurt the next day. All right, uh, I'm going to start with asking Ahmad. Um, Cam, all right. three, 
two, one. Ahmad, I'm going to ask you this question. Not sure if you have any thoughts. There's really no doubt that Dan Mullen's not like the media favorite uh, by most of the members of the media. They don't love a lot of his antics, a lot of the things that he does. Do you think that their opinion of Dan Mullen is weighing on their, I guess, the way that they cover Kyle Trask or, or not Kyle covering Kyle Trask season this year? I, it, that could be possible, but I just feel like that, they've always been like that with Florida for some odd reason. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but they're so infatuated with Alabama. They're so infatuated with Clemson and Ohio State, and it's just like they want them to run college football so bad. But you know, even going, even going back to like you know Rex days and whatnot, you know, and and when you're probably with Spurrier. I mean, they everybody hated Coach Spurrier back in the day, you know, because he was running the score up and whooping ass. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I I, I think it goes from way back then. To give him a reason to hate us, man. Let's ruin the party. But 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 after a while, then I mean, proof in the pudding. I mean, the num- the numbers don't lie. At, you know, at what point do you still be on some bullshit? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I you know I'm curious because I I don't know if the media narrative is because we are so tied into it that every day we expect to hear positive things and there's a lot of national media stories or if they actually don't like Florida. No, I'm um, just here's, – no, here's the thing. Like, it's just crazy that when we're watching the game on Saturday, they talk like, oh, he's entering the Heisman. He's make. what have y'all been at all season? Right. Where were y'all at last season? He was putting up these numbers last season, and, he, and he's been hitting five touchdowns every game. Like, where y'all been at? So, to me, it's just like the national media is trying to, trying to make it seem like he's just started balling as they try to prep themselves to get on this take. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I'm curious to see how they cover it. I mean, you can't not, um, he's got the same numbers that Joe Burrow has, um, you know, was put up in put up last season. You would have thought that he was God's greatest gift to college football last season. And he doesn't get to play the, the Northwestern or Northwestern state, uh, teams, right. He's playing six sec teams. He's got four more. He's got the ability to put up even better numbers against some of those teams, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, LSU, uh, and Tennessee, uh, to be able to put up some really spectacular numbers. So, um, I'm going to be curious to see and, and watching how the media handles that narrative, but, uh, Andy Staples said he's a member of the media and he notices it. So hopefully folks that, uh, usually don't like Florida, don't watch Florida are used to Florida being a boring team, uh, are tuning in because I mean, what you're, what you're seeing and what you're experiencing this season from Kyle Trask is a very, very, very rare thing. Uh, to to see. Also, want to give a shout out. We we forgot to do it a, a little bit earlier uh, in the show, uh, but want to give a shout out to to Trevon Grimes, wide receiver, uh, and I believe Sean Davis, who accepted uh, invites today to the Reese's uh, uh, Senior Bowl. Uh, so shout out to both. That's, that's definitely a good look, man. Definitely a good look. Be the best the best talent in college football, right there, all in one spot. So. Absolutely. So big shout out to uh, the two of them. Well, outside of that, boys. Oh, Jeremiah Moon as well. I'm sorry. He accepted his invite uh, as well. Outside of that. So want to take us to our, our Manscaped ad rate and Ahmad, I think you got the word of the other uh, song of the week. Absolutely. Shout out to Manscaped.com. The best of the best when it comes to man grooming. The lawnmower 2.0 is waterproof. Snack proof, not skimming your balls, and not electrocuting yourself in the shower. Be sure to visit manscaped.com. Use SG 
coupon code SG for 20% off and free shipping at checkout. And you guys don't think y'all need ball deodorant because it's getting cool outside, but I got a trick for you, man. We was at the Kushaw's the, the Grand Opening this weekend. Even though it's November and then we was in Orlando, when I got to moving and shaking and trying to get things done. Nah, yeah, bro. It was, it, was, yeah. it was humid outside, bro. It was a little humid, right? It was if very humid outside. If you don't think that I could dance like that without ball, ball deodorant, then you guys are way up. Oh, yeah. Big chafing. With moves like that, you've been big chafing. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, Dan. They came in clutch in twice. They came in clutch twice. Uh, there and at SeaWorld. Oh, I definitely had it cooking at SeaWorld. I oh, SeaWorld? My joggers. Hey, y'all should have saw, saw Silk out there with some pants on. He was like melting. I had like, joggers. It was a sunner, man, but you know what? It was a sunner in those britches, but I had the right pair of, uh, 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 not pair. I had the right deodorant for the pair of balls, for sure, for sure. Or, <laughs> or, or you could have had on the Manscaped boxers. Man, I love the material of them too, man. Oh, so. my goodness. Do they sell the box? I thought they just came in all little special kids. I don't bro. know, man, but I, I didn't talk to them about getting another pair or two, man, because them feel real good. I'll send, good I'll send them an email, Ahmad. Yeah, we, we appreciate We had a number of people uh, say that they reached out, and as you know, we're almost to Christmas, so it's that time that you take care of yourself or your loved ones with some ball deodorant, some boxers, some ball spritzer, and, of course, the uh, lawnmower 3.0. And the uh, you run the spritzer and the deodorant at the same time because I haven't done that. I've been I've been going back and forth. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's a new world. It's a new world out there. Okay, but it's more of a freshness thing than a practical thing. We can talk about you on just now. You walk around. You carry a spritzer in your man bag when you go places. No, but that's a great idea. Freshen up, bro. I do though, bro. I put all I put my toothbrush and everything, and that's my little uh. Well, get together bad, man. When I go out of town, fresh beside your ball spray is sick. Nah, bro, it's a, it's a little it's a little compartment on the side, bro. Open oh, your bag okay. and see, man. Okay, okay. open your bag and see. Yeah, you gotta open your bag and see, dog. I mean, how about that? the manscape bag. I got it, but I didn't see the little the little. Yeah, little you gotta you gotta check and see, man. You gotta open your bag, man. For sure for sure. Shout out to Manscaped. If you don't if you don't have any idea of what we're talking about, go to manscaped.com. Use promo code SG twenty percent off free shipping and uh, and let us know. We'll, we'll shout you out. For sure for sure. Amal, you got the song of the week, man. Oh, I'm on the song of the week this week. Y'all want to hear it? Or y'all? I just want to tell y'all. I don't want to need you to rap it or nothing. I, I was going to say, because you know what I'm saying? Hey, but we're going to go with this, man. Song of the week, man. Uh, Mike Mike Will made it. Nicki Minaj, young boy. Uh, what that speed about? Hey. Very good. <laughs> I haven't even heard this song. Dan. I don't know. I've been so busy <laughs> with life. I don't know what song this is. So it's my I, first time hearing it, too. I've been very busy, well, that's, so this well, is the first time hearing this song. Dan, this ain't just me, but I'm talking about you've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, like if he wasn't busy, he riding down the road listening to it. Like, hey, hey, you feel me? Like, I'm not going to play with Dan, dog. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. All right, boys. Same time, same corner next week with a W? Yes, yes sir. Vibes, man. We hanging out. All right, boys. Motherfucking queen. Oh, NBA young boy. Let's go. Oh, oh.
Can't do buying all the bottles, what you can't do. Supposed to be shining, but she noticed that my chain do. Late night sex, I won't see what that mouth do. Yeah, bounce that ass, do it how your mama talk to. Real made nigga from the trenches, do no pimpin', I got seven figures. Bouncing in the car, it look like switches. Uh. Let's have a drink out after that, we can leave out. I leave the club driving fast, baby, with that speed bout. If you keep it real, say your knees, I pay that cost. 10,000 for the go shopping, ain't nothing to worry about. If it's a problem, get it poppin', blow the curb out. I spend a whole day with you layin' in the loft. Not one, not two. Girl, you, I wanna see you take it off. Yeah, I'm everything you hear about. Trying to see what your world about. Word of mouth. Can't be buying all the bottles, what you can't do. Supposed to be shining, but she noticed that my chain do. Late night sex, I won't see what that mouth do. Yeah, bounce that ass, do it how your mama talk to. Real made nigga front of trenches, do no pimping. I got seven figures, bouncing in the car, it look like switches. Uh. Let's have a drink out after that, we can leave out. I lead the club, driving fast, baby, with that speed up. Throw that bag, I'm a bad little bitch, nigga. Got every ex nigga mad and they big bitter. Diamonds on the chain, blinging off my tits, nigga. I hit this phone, he gon' curve up like a pitch, nigga. Worth the mean pussy good, so we been hooked. If he got seen out with me, it's a big look. Worth the pop, body smoking like a big blunt. Some big dick, only thing that a bitch want. Left a lot with a big body, thick dot. All my niggas in the spot, you could get got. This that 40 vaccine, you could get shot. Since you wanna be stunting like a big shot. This that pretty little joint from the south. Outside. Fuck a quarantine, all my niggas outside If I'm sitting on your face, keep your mouth wide Nigga go hard, but be gentle with my chocha Can't be buying all the bottles, what you can't do Supposed to be shining, but she noticed that my chain do Late night sex, I won't see what that mouth do Yeah, bounce that ass, do it how your mama talk to Real made nigga from the trenches, do no pimping I got seven figures, bouncing in the car, it look like switches uh. Let's have a drink out after that, we can leave out I lead the club, driving fast, baby, with that speed bar She tell me face it, I face it I say this metal that you riding, please chairs don't break it. You wanna be my girl, be real, you get put in that place I'm in here with my boy Mike Wood I meant to say that's who made Mike it Can't do swerving through in a brand new coupe With some fuzzy out of shoes, real nigga blues clues If you sleep on that money, then you lose, I don't snooze You a fool, I'm the truth Can't do buying all the bottles, what you can't do Supposed to be shining, but she noticed that my chain do Late night sex, I won't see what that mouth do Yeah, bounce that ass, do it how your mama talk to Real made nigga front of trenches, do no pimping I got seven figures, bouncing in the car, it look like switches uh. Let's have a drink out after that, we can leave out I lead the club, driving fast, baby, with that speed bout About the head. And all the important shit that you're about to hear over the next couple of decades, Mike motherfucking Mike. will.